Good afternoon. If you want, would like to follow along in your Bibles, we will be looking at the Gospel of John, chapter 10, beginning at the first verse. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grants us so to hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we have a deepening knowledge of our relationship with you and your will for our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts glorify you. Amen. Pastor Dan has been taking us through the different reactions of the disciples to Christ's death and resurrection. In the lectionary, the rest of the Easter season, leading up to Pentecost, reviews some major points of Christ's teaching prior to his death, just as the disciples may have been doing on their own or in groups as they contemplated their futures in between Jesus' appearances. Pastor Dan covered this chapter back in February and March from the perspective of Jesus, but today I want us to look at the sheep. Jesus started his, his discussion with the Pharisees by describing a common situation that would be familiar even to the city folks. John 10, 2-5 But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them all out, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the strangers. When the sheep were brought back to villages from the pastures, they would be placed in a sheepfold with a hired gatekeeper, who knew the shepherds. In the morning, the shepherds would call their flocks, each with their own distinctive call, and the sheep would collect around their respective shepherd, at which point the shepherd would lead them off to the pastures, repeating the call to keep them together. Then John records in verse 6, Jesus gave this illustration, but they did not understand what he was telling them. As we will discover, their incomprehension may have been because some words that Jesus used actually gave a very different meaning to this familiar event. Jesus, as he often does in his teaching then goes from the general to the specifics. In this case, his discourse on I am the door and I am the good shepherd, which Pastor Dan covered. Let's take a look at the sheep. To quote J.C. Ryle, the first bishop of of Liverpool from 1890 to 1900, let me then remind you what the text says of the character of the sheep. We found on examination that God's children, his real believing people, are compared to sheep because they are gentle, quiet, harmless, and inoffensive, because they are useful and do good to all around them, because they love to be together and dislike separation, and lastly, because they are very helpless and wandering and liable to stray. This is from his tract, The Character of the True Christian. So who are these sheep? Firstly, in verse 27, Jesus says, 
my sheep hear my voice. Two examples of the same pronoun, right? In English, yes. Not so much in Greek. The second one reflects that the voice doesn't exist apart from the self. Now, my sheep is a different matter. My means what I possess because it proceeds from me, is related to me, and is appointed for me and my use. For example, the 12 feet of bookcases in our home office library are my bookcases because I designed them, I bought the materials, built them with my hands back in our house, and altered them to fit new living arrangements. I built them for our family to put our books. We, true believers, are Christ's sheep, not through our own doing, our own merit, but because Jesus Christ redeemed us from God's wrath against all unrighteousness, our natural state, from final judgment and eternal death, through his crucifixion and sacrifice in our place. We are brothers and sisters in Christ through adoption. He has sealed us with the Holy Spirit as part of his family so that we can call his father our Abba. We can call each other my brother or my sister in Christ only because we are part of the body of Christ. We don't exist apart from the body. And lastly, we are called first to salvation and then appointed to do God's will and work here on earth. Those that have acknowledged, as did Thomas, that Jesus is my Lord and my God, and then carry on as it has had no import on our lives, have missed the boat completely. Again, we are still here in this dark world and not in heaven with Jesus only because we have been called and appointed to take the gospel to our neighborhoods and make disciples. Again, verse 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. Verse 3 says, To the, him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice. And verse 16, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. There are three levels of hearing. And in Greek and Hebrew, each, each have their own word. For example, background noises that are there but have no effect on you. Or sounds that create an automatic reaction. Think of a referee's whistle at a hockey game. You remember those, right? He blows and play stops. This would be the natural verb for the story in the parable. The sheep hear the call of their shepherd and respond. But in these three verses, Jesus uses a verb that means to listen, understand, and obey. In the New Testament, this means responding to the call of the Good Shepherd for repentance and trust in Christ Jesus. Echoing David in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. No wonder the Pharisees were confused by the parable. And there's more. Verse 27 again. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. From J.C. Ryle again. Says the Lord Jesus Christ of his sheep who hear his voice and follow him. I know them. 
I know their number, their names, their particular characters, their besetting sins, their troubles, their trials, their temptations, their doubts, their prayers, their private meditations. I know everything about every one of them. Jesus knows all that and more about each one of us and wants us to draw close to him so that he can use all of it for his use. Because Jesus knows us so well, our needs will be met. Psalm 23, there is nothing I lack. He offers us calm in the midst of our worries and anxieties. Again from the same psalm. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. When we feel overcome by the troubles and stress, and yes, even persecution, Jesus prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. But not only that, Verses 14 and 15, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. This implies a growing knowledge leading to a deepening two-way relationship. He knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. But how do we hear him? How do we know him to develop a deeper relationship through a growing knowledge? How do we know God's will for our lives? By the direction of the Holy Spirit in our study of his word, as we learn to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest, so that we can make his word a part of our life and informing of our lives. By spending time in our prayers, not talking, just listening to the Holy Spirit, so they aren't just a list of our wants, but bending our prayers to God's will so we can truthfully end with, in Jesus' name. That's his character and his will, we pray. Now we come to the word that really threw the Pharisees. Did he just say what they thought he said? Verse 4, When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Don't you just love the English language? When you read verse 4, you think, well, yeah, the shepherd has called his flock, so recognizing his call sign, they responded and followed as he led out to pasture. And that is what the Pharisees were expecting to hear. But Jesus threw a curveball. He used an Aramaic Hebrew word that was associated with those who, like Saul, later Paul, joined one of the rabbinic schools, rabbin, seeking knowledge of God. John used the corresponding Greek word that in the New Testament we used almost exclusively for following Christ as a disciple, following him, becoming imitators of him accepting anything and all that befalls us. It implied total commitment. Matthew 16, verses 24 to 25. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross 
and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Are you ready to follow Jesus? No matter the cost. Because we have his promises. Again, Psalm 23. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And John 10, verses 28 and 29. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. One final quote from J.C. Ryle. To follow Christ, that is the grand mark of Christians. No man shall ever say of them, they profess and do not practice. They say and do nothing for their master's sake. They must not only hear their master's voice, but follow him. To follow Christ is to place implicit trust in him as our Redeemer, Savior, Prophet, Priest, King, Leader, Commander, and Shepherd, and to walk in his ways straightforward. It is to take up our cross and subscribe our name among his people, to look to the Lamb as our guide and follow him wherever he goes. We are not to follow our own devices and trust in ourselves for salvation. We are not to follow that vain shadow of a hope, our own doings and performances. But we are to fix our eyes and hearts on Christ. On him, we are to rest our faith for free and full forgiveness. To him, we are to pray for grace to help in time of need. After him, we are to walk as the best, the brightest, the purest example. The way being narrow and steep, we must press forward, not turn to the right or the left. The way may be dark, we must keep on. There will be light enough in heaven. Are you one of the sheep of the Good Shepherd? Can Jesus call you my sheep? Do you hear his call to repentance for the sin of turning away from God, who created you to know him as Abba, one of his children, through the sacrifice of our, his Son, our Savior, Christ Jesus? Do you have a desire to know him as he knows us, to have a growing relationship with him based on trust and obedience? That's faith. Are you ready to follow him wherever he leads you in your time here on earth and into eternity? Can you say with David, as he closed Psalm 23, Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, our great shepherd, our good shepherd, 
who cares for your sheep. For those amongst us that are listening that might not yet know you as as your shepherd. We ask you, Father, that in Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit would work on their hearts to draw them to be able to answer Jesus' call and confess with their mouth that Jesus, yes, Jesus is Lord of all and Savior with providing forgiveness of sins. For those of us that think that we are sheep, we are his sheep, he can call us my sheep. Give us a desire to know him more fully, to know his will, to know his work that he has for each of us. And to listen to the Holy Spirit as as the Holy Spirit equips us to do that work and to follow his will. And give us a willing heart to follow Jesus wherever he leads us. Through goodness and through bad. Through broad green valleys and through dark ravines knowing that he is always there to protect us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.